Now, once again, why Europe? Why Europe? Well, part of it is because of influence how God has led from the very beginning, from early on. Um, Our backgrounds. Um, When I first got to River Valley Christian Church, or I'm sorry, (laughs) Abundant Life, not before that even, Communion of Saints. When I got way back, I had to to go, get back, go into the dark recesses. Yeah, yeah. Back at back at uh, at uh, communion of saints. When we first got there, PD and PC were were taking trips in behind the iron curtain, delivering Bibles, delivering books, and all kinds. I mean, doing all kinds, smuggling them across. They they were lawbreakers way back, way back. It's better to better to honor God than to honor man. Amen. And then when the iron curtain fell. God led Roger and Myrna to go to Minsk the, the summer. The summer after, it, it opened up in Belarus. And they ended up starting a church and a Bible school. And from there, they started another Bible school in Illinois. And then from there, God led them to Gdansk, Gdynia, Poland, where they started another Bible school. These guys have been, have been apostolic before. <laughs> Before apostolic was cool. But and then, you know, having a relationship with, with Vern and Mary, and Vern and Mary have been going to Eastern Europe before the Iron Curtain fell, and then meeting Dan and Marta and there it's just you see how that all pulls together. It's not you know, God, God, a uh, friend of ours, Robin, used to say, "Birds of a feather flock together." God, you know, you just you 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 pull together because one can send a thousand to flight, but two can send ten thousand. When you join forces, when you work together and and headed in a direction, so that's why that's why Europe, Europe is just part of who we are. It's you know, there's a lot of places I'd like to see too. You know, there, Maui sounds wonderful. Yeah. yeah I, I get that. I understand that. Well, yeah, well, it's warm. See, Nepal, right? Yeah, yeah. Back, back when we were first married and first thought we'd be, we were going to go to the mission field, I was like, really? You want to go to the mission field? Awesome. Where would you like to go? And I'm thinking somewhere south and tropical. And, you know, and Debbie goes, Nepal. Well, it's cold there. But Roger and Myrna have have had the long other than Dan and Claudia, they've had the longest, deepest influence on mine and Debbie's spiritual lives. They led us and, and blessed us. She was they were Deb's boss. For many years at Good Shepherd Christian Academy, teaching and training examples of of lives totally sold out to God. Watching watching them has been been like watching the old time, which you'd read in the Bible. Where they sold all and went. 
I remember sitting in your living room with the with the staff that one Christmas, and you were talking about selling all and and going. They sold everything and left. Faithful, faithful people. You want to you want to listen to and follow faithful people. I can say that about all of these here. It's good to hang out and and serve and follow faithful people because you reap the same rewards. And that's why the people that are following us, Jonah and I and Tom, people that are following us are faithful people. Because we keep sowing those seeds you reap. Well, these guys, these guys are examples of that faithfulness seed being planted daily in people's lives. Let's give a warm welcome to Roger and Myrna Hylers. I'm going to share a little bit, and uh, I've got something that I've been planning to share, and I, I'm, I, think, I think I'm still going to plan, still go through with the plan. <laughs> but let's pray. Lord Jesus, we just thank you that every person that has been coming up here to speak, Lord God, that they have had something to say because it comes right from your throne and from, from the Word of God. <clears throat> and I pray, Lord, that mine would be the same, although I I feel it's a little different, but I think it's going to make a difference in some people's lives. And so we ask you, Lord Jesus, to, to anoint me and Myrna and uh, anybody else that comes up here to speak, Lord. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to share a little bit about our experience of when we left our our house in uh, in Staples, Minnesota or Barbara, Minnesota, whatever you want to prefer to call it. Uh, it we were in between everything. But out of, no, out, of, out of nowhere could we identify where we were. <laughs> uh, I, I was called uh, about nine or ten years ago to go up there and build a house and a, a garage and everything else that goes with the house. And... Uh, because the land was so much cheaper up there than it was down here around River Falls. And so we did this, and we thought we'd been living in that house for about three years, make a profit, and then come back. Nine years later, we still hadn't done that. You know the reason why is because the market fell way down, and we couldn't get out of our mortgage, so we had to keep paying it. And... Uh, so we wanted to sell a house in 2009, but we couldn't sell it because of the uh, of the market. And uh, another thing is we didn't know where to move to. You know, we thought about River Falls, so we put put an application in in various places to live in River Falls in the uh, not a nursing home, but, <laughs> 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 but in. Retirement apartments. <laughs> but you know, I, I'm a woodworker, and I, I have to have a, my machines and my tools. And uh, we had them all in, the, in our basement up there. So I was looking for a place where I, where I could have all those things, but we couldn't find any places. So we 
checked in at St. Cloud, and they have a place. That they have a Whitney uh, Center there that, that has a woodworking shop, and I, so I could have gone there. So we even looked in apartments at uh, St. Cloud. And we prayed, yes. We prayed very hard. <clears throat> so I, I wanted to share with you something about this praying business and about... Um, the fact that we've been having conversation with the Lord a long time and uh, when when I say that that we prayed about something there's there's something inside of me that knows right from wrong and back in 1980 there was a woman in Christ for the Nations that was a Bible school I attended and she said that she reads the book of Proverbs one chapter a day every day of the month there's 31 chapters in Proverbs and so from that time on I've been reading Proverbs almost every day and so it's the word of God is built inside of me. I don't remember the chapter and the verse, but I recognize what's wrong and what's right. Okay? So, uh, that's being said. <laughs> uh, about two years ago, we were driving through Farmington. Now, you, now, how many of you know where Farmington is? A few of you do. Okay. For those of you that don't, it's just south of Apple Valley. You know where Apple Valley is? No. <laughs> it's south of the Twin Cities, okay? And uh, the reason we were in Farmington is because my daughter lived there, lives there with her husband and her child. <clears throat> and so about two years ago, we were driving through Farmington and we saw a place uh, that they were building right back then that was a beautiful place. And I, we were wondering about going in and visiting that place but we couldn't get in. They, 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 you have to have an appointment to, to, to get in. But I, I don't, I'm laughing because there's a there's a movie called the. Oh, what's it called? <laughs> you know what it is? Huh? It's a the terminal. The, the terminal, and there's no a guy that wanders around and he asks everybody if they have an appointment. You know, if you've ever seen the movie, you've you got to see it because it's funny. <laughs> anyway, anyway uh, where was I? You had an appointment. I had an appointment. <laughs> no, I didn't have an appointment. <laughs> they only have an appointment once a year for you to get in and see this place. Okay. So we left we left that alone, but I remembered that he did, had, had an appointment. So uh, later on, then we have had a chance to get an appointment with that place, and it was a beautiful place, and we, we liked everything we saw. So we put an application there. Now we had an application in River Falls for three years, and we never got a response from them about having an apartment. And uh, same same thing in St. Cloud. Never got it. But 
over there in Farmington, they, they had a place for us. So I made up my mind that that's where we're going to move to. So, so now that I, I got to get ready to sell the house. Okay, so what did it take for us to do that? Um, first of all, my wife found out that the blocks on our bottom of our house were discolored a little bit. And she looked it up on the internet and Google it or whatever. And they said there that this uh, it's effervescence. Effervescence. Whatever. It's some white stuff that gets on the outside and, in, and inside of the, the blocks because there's water in the, in the blocks. And it has to get out. So I, the inside of the basement was... I didn't have it finished, but I had it partially finished, and I had insulation on all the walls. And I, so I, I tore off 20 feet of insulation and inspected this effer, whatever it is called, effer, whatever. Yeah, effer vessel. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> and uh, I saw that we had a problem. Okay, now the, none of the water leaked into the house, but it was in the blocks. It got partways in the house, but didn't get in the house because it was trapped in between the outside and inside uh, partitions of the blocks. <clears throat> So I wondered what to do about that, and Myrna wondered what she should do about it. And she said, I'm, I'm going to check the Internet again. <laughs> so she unchecked the Internet, and she got sold on this radon seal. The radon seal is a special uh, stuff that you spray on the walls, and after two or three coats, it soaks in so far that the water can't ever get through. And I went, well, that's a good idea. So we ordered this radon. It's 300 and some dollars. So I, I took, sprayed the first part that I would take the insulation off, and then she said, we better take off the rest of the insulation. So I took all the insulation off, 52 feet one way, 46 feet around the way, 56 feet another way. And I took it all off, and I sprayed it all, two, three coats. And I put the insulation back on and put the plastic on the outside insulation and uh, we checked the uh, insulation in the blocks about a month later and it was still there (laughs) so she called the guys back to sold her the radon seal and she explained what what had happened and by golly she she ordered the wrong stuff (laughs) she ordered the stuff for solid walls, not block walls. So I said, well, what should we do? And she said, well, let's pray. So we prayed. <coughs> I've been praying a lot before that, of course, because I took all the insulation off. <laughs> and uh, so she ordered the other stuff. That was another $350. <coughs> and I, we took all the insulation off again, the plastic off and I sprayed the walls three times and uh, put the insulation back on now also we had a yard that was 
lower in the back than in the front, and all the water from all the lots all around us drained around the side of the house and the side of the garage and back around the other side. And then we had a rain garden down on the bottom side of the lot that trapped all the water. So that was a good idea. We we had a landscaper come, and he took his bulldozer or whatever it was. I don't want to kind of what you call him. Not a bulldozer, but a what? Bobcat. Yeah, okay, a bobcat. And he pushed and dug a trench all the way along there, real, real wide. It really looked nice. But then I had it. Uh, that cost a thousand dollars. That wasn't nothing. Okay, so the next thing was that I had to plant some more grass because he tore tore it all up with the bobcat. Okay. Then after I got the grass planted, I had to water it three times a day, one hour each time, and I did that for about a hundred times, and finally got grass to grow there. Okay. So now I had everything in the inside pretty well done, except that I had all my tools and machines in there. And so I had to get uh, the tools and machines out of the house because it was going to sell it anyway. And uh, my wife had this idea that, that we should get a big trailer that we could put all this stuff in. And so I, we bought a 35-foot uh, fifth-wheel trailer. I didn't have a, 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 a truck to pull it with, but we knew somebody that had a truck, like her brother. And so he pulled this trailer out to our house, and I gutted it completely out, except for a few little cabinets I left in there. And uh, we, then I hired a guy to help me lift all the machines out of the basement and get them into this trailer. And uh, so... The uh, so that's done, and the traders there, and all the tools and machines are in there. And then one morning I woke up, and the Lord told me, "You should sell that trailer and the tools in it." And I didn't really understand that, but what 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 can I do? The Lord said to to do it. So my wife kept asking me every day, "Did the Lord really tell you to sell this trailer?" <laughs> And I said, yes, it, it was. And so I had, we had to sell the trailer. So we put it on the Internet, or Craigslist. And also, before we did that, we had our four daughters. I had to tell them that I was going to sell this stuff. And my one daughter said, I want to buy it. So she's a single gal, and she lives up in Duluth. And she does a lot of woodworking and a lot of other things. And so... Um, she she bought it from us then, and she. This, uh, that's another story. But she got the trailer up to Duluth and all that stuff. And so I'm I I don't have any machines anymore. Okay, <laughs> and uh, but I have kept a few little tools. Okay, and uh, so then I have a brother-in-law. No, not a brother-in-law. A son-in-law that lives in in Farmington, where we're going to move to. And he has a garage, and I was thinking maybe I could go in there. So we, we talked to him, and he, he said uh, I, I could have a spot. So they, he built a, a big, big workbench, or I built the workbench and put it in there. And uh, so 
that satisfied that that part of me that I could have that there. Um, so I'm going to check my notes and see what I'm missing here. <laughs> um, okay, I did pretty good so far. I come covered three pages and I didn't even look at them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, well, there was a lot of other things that I had to do, but you can imagine that we spent about six months getting our house ready to sell, and we didn't we didn't really know who was going to buy it yet because we haven't had anybody look at it for so long. We just didn't understand, but we had a uh, advertised on what well, it came some it was in a, in, a way, in a way it was advertised in some uh, form or another in, you know, on the uh, internet okay and uh, one, one guy came with his wife and uh, he looked at it and uh, he was pretty sure he could buy it and so right then and there, the Lord told me that uh, there's a man that, and there's a couple that's going to buy this thing and you'll, you don't... Uh, it's something about... I don't know who they are, but they're going to be... A, um, you better come up here. I'm, I'm losing thoughts. When... I, I, I haven't fully understood that I can talk in front of all these people because uh, he's almost fully recovered from a stroke. I'm on a stroke. It's been a long time, but this is this is important for him to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what I wanted are you? I don't want to quit. I don't want to make you finish. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. But what I wanted to say is what's remarkable about this. Please stay, honey. Okay. Is that. Um, we thought, and I really want to share this because we think there are people out there like us. You know, just because you've done all kinds of stuff doesn't mean you go, don't go through all the normal stuff, the normal living with, with uh, situations. And uh, we had not had a home for 15 years. And so when we came back from Poland in 2005, uh, we thought maybe we would build or something. And the housing market was good. Roger had formerly been an industrial arts teacher. And in summers, he would have a, a um, Roger's home something or other, Rogers. Home improvement. Home improvement. So he'd worked a lot, so he knew, you know, in, in the building. So we just thought that to build something would maybe be a way, you know how it is in, in, in the missions, you sow a lot of your money out. And we're getting closer to being old. <laughs> and so we thought that, I mean, you, you still go through all the normal procedures, don't you, when you're seeking God? It isn't, doesn't just all come just to you. It's, it's a normal process yeah. of life. And that's the exciting thing. You just we're just plain ordinary people, and we'll always be, you know. But we're gods, and so we really sought the Lord about uh, what we should do, and felt that this is a place where He could um, use the skills that He has in in building, and that uh, to invest in a home would would be a good thing. Well, God doesn't tell you everything. We went up to we ended up going to where we grew up. Uh, we were only twenty miles from my mom, and she was still alive for a year while we were there. 
But we uh, we just thought we we would sell in a few years and have maybe if we had five ten thousand ten thousand would be great, you know. And but it didn't it didn't turn out to be that. But it turned out to be an investment of our time and in meeting these wonderful people and being involved in starting some ministries up there that we never intended. The Glory Barn came out of it, and then from Eden, the church and family restoration project, and we know these people. I mean, they're intimate, intimate friends of ours, and went to uh, School of Transformation through Bethel and uh, School of Supernatural, and then actually got to help with one here. We never planned any of that stuff, but God, it's just God, and that's what's, you know, if we have anything to share, it's just that his faithfulness, and in meeting those, and the timing wasn't up, we also had started jail ministry, and uh, we discovered that had we not been there these last months. We might have had a guy that would have committed suicide. The, the timing wasn't right, and the turning over, there's been a shift in time. We, we've heard that today. Well, that's what happened in all these ministries. Glory Barn is now transferred into a, a, a re- revivalist-type ministry up there, and the Family Restoration Project that picked up from John and Amy, they're now beginning to travel and do seminars all over. It's just incredible what God has done with our families in those times, how he, he built us up and he strengthened us. And yet we had this desire in our hearts to be closer to our own family because it's so important that we leave a heritage, right? We, we just never have intended and we have not left our own children. And uh, they've come to where we were and, and we're excited about who our kids and our grandkids are. Our granddaughter helped lead worship the other night. and we just, we just love our family. Our kids have done a great job with their kids and we want to, to be sure that we're leaving an inheritance uh, that will last you know in our natural children and our spiritual children that will last for generations and generations because that's what we're called to do and to be right and so our hungry w- w- was to be back closer to them and when he was talking about you know when he talked about his tools it's just there's neat things that God did with that it sounds like a normal story but uh, he actually had to move those tools out of there in order to take that uh, the, all the insulation stuff off the basement because Mama Myrna here she insisted that he take off everything so that we made sure that that house was right and this is one of the things the Lord spoke to us is this is not just about selling your house this is how you're going to live the rest of your life we have come too far to not walk in integrity mm-hmm. and so even when I, I, I'm a stickler for detail I can't believe I ordered the wrong stuff but what happened because of that <laughs> he worked so hard and I worked too. We worked uh, we worked our tails off. I mean, we worked hard and we're you know, we're not as spring, springy chicken as some of you. But anyway, um, because of that, we just we had to be faithful, but what happened is after he we he discovered in going all the way around it was only 20 feet on the north side. But then we discovered then we needed to have that re-landscape, which was all that work he's talking about. Well, then when the second spot showed up another five, ten feet beyond that, I'm thinking, and I showed him outside that one day, and he said, no, no. <laughs> he did not want to believe it. I don't blame him. <laughs> but what happened from there then, when we had to redo it, and every time we had to dry it out, that's why it took so long. We didn't, we didn't put that stuff on there until we dried it out. And so we just we did everything that we knew. And so then when we found out that that had to be done again, and it was the wrong stuff in order because it has a lifetime guarantee. And we thought, well, this is a negative. We're going to turn it into a positive. You know, we should seal it for, for radon so that you can put that on your thing that, it's, that it's, it's sealed for radon as well as from the water. And so that's what we wanted to do. Well, then we discovered that uh, from that second spot that there was more drainage along the edge of the house. 
And, you know, even with a new home and all the landscape, there's just stuff, you know. And so uh, he fixed, he had to fix more of the eaves troughs. And, uh, yeah. and then, we, then he went and he had a couple of the Clausen kids come over and they helped dig out along the edge of that house. And we, so we sloped everything away from the house so it would drain properly everywhere. So, I mean, we just, we did everything that we knew. And then God brought the owners. I mean, we couldn't even show the place, you know. We, had, we just had to sit tight. And all the while knowing we could be in Farmington. Yeah. And we didn't know when. I mean, we, we knew it was a possibility, though they told us it would take. When we finally got down to saying we think we can do this, was before we had a buyer. And we've never been that stupid before. No. I mean, we've never done that before. But we really felt like the Lord said, this is the time. Yeah. And some of our neighbors said, yeah, you thought that six years ago. <laughs> And so we had to bear with being kind of the laughing stock, you know, that, and, but we really had sought the Lord in it. And we, we discovered as he was sharing with us that the timing, we thought the timing was right. But there's something in timing right now. There's been a shift in atmosphere. There's been a shift in life. And it's time to step up like Dan and Claudia. The Lord said, your rest is over. Well, we don't know, you know, what's for us. There's still, I'm, you know, he has to bear with this visionary. And Roger's always a stable a worker and all these things but together and, and when he said what, what happened we'd had a time of worship and prayer that morning you know we often, we do that every morning and we don't talk at breakfast we just have our devotions then we talk and pray but anyway when we got done we had worshipped and he said I'm supposed to sell that I thought he was crazy I mean I but I so respected that he would hear because for 15 years while we were gone to the mission field he didn't have his tools that he loves he didn't have them so when we came back, the first year we were in River Falls, he didn't have them either. But when we came up there, then God allowed him to have the nine years with his tools. But when the, when the time was right, so I'm thinking, what does God have now? When the time was right, he still checks our obedience. He still checks our willingness. I was so thrilled for him that he was willing to do that. Because I, I knew he... And he didn't even seem to count the cost. That's why I asked him every day for a week before we went further with it. Because... It was an important thing. I wanted him to know in his heart. But every time I'd ask him, he was more sure. And then when we discovered our daughter has not been able to rent um, a, a workshop. She builds guitars, but she also works with uh, nonprofits up there. Uh, with um, she, She's the executive director of St. Louis River Alliance right now. But that all came. There's so many things that happened and shifted. I just wanted to share. Our, even our kids have had a year favor. It's just amazing. But when we discovered it was in her heart, and, the, and she could have a workshop and the tools for so cheap. I mean, she was just ecstatic. And the rest of the kids thought, oh, my goodness. Even Sarah bought the, 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 the hitch. for She borrowed this, this, trick up, this pickup from her friend where she's able to keep these things. Uh, and and she, had in, she installed it, and she drove it home. It's a fifth-wheel camper is what it is, an old one. <laughs> That's why we were able to buy it. But, but still, it does the thing. But to see how God fit every detail with it. And then when we finally made application, we thought, they said, well, it'll probably be six months. And we're thinking, well, boy, we sure wanted to sell faster than that. <laughs> we're always wanting to go, you know. And six weeks later, it, it was ours. And then we had to believe he'd do it because then we did have to put a... We had to put some money down and to hold it. We're renting it. But there's steps of faith. It doesn't change, folks. It just doesn't. But he's so, so wonderful and so awesome to take us, you know, take us through each of these, each of these things. And it's why we wanted to share it today because then the Lord gave us the word that when it was happening and we'd already gone through cleaning the basement, 
you know, of all the stuff. I don't know how in nine years we could have ended up when you said we sold all. We had sold a lot of things. <laughs> we still had to clean out that basement. We were able to do it one step at a time. And like I say, we just worked our tails off all the time. But then when it actually came time to move, the basement was clean. How many of you sold a house and you had a basement full and a garage full? Well, that was done for us. The hard part was there. And the Lord gave us the word that it would be with ease. There would be ease in this. Do you need to sit down, honey? No. Okay, honey. Uh, it would be with ease. And we saw him do that. We saw the Lord bring us workers uh, up north. Of, we have more young friends up there that could do things. They have some people from our coffee group up there where we lived. Uh, they're too old to help do that kind of thing. But all our young friends and their, and their kids and stuff, it was delightful. And then we had to rent like a 22-foot um, uh, rental truck. And my brother said, boy, I'm a little concerned about Rod driving that down that far, that big. And I thought, well, he's not concerned, you know. And I ended up driving behind him, and I wasn't concerned until I started driving behind him, and I discovered the load was a little bit off. And I'm thinking, ooh. But, you know, I watched from behind, and I saw the Lord fulfill that word ease. We drove um, 160, 170 miles down, and we had to drive through, you know, through Anoka, and through, we came 10 to 694 to... 494 to 52 to 46 to Farmington 3. <laughs> and never, unless he was changing highways, he never had to move over for anybody merging. You've driven in a city, you know that doesn't happen. It was just incredible. And I'm driving behind, and I haven't driven that way. He usually does more driving. And I'm just praising the Lord all the way down because I can see his hand in it. And as we've come into this place, we have this, this peace and this presence of God, even though we expected it to be somewhere else, even maybe here or River Falls. But as we see our hand in our family, we can see what, what God is doing. We can see what he's doing, and it is so, so precious. And I want to just close with one little, uh, it's gone a little different than I thought it might. I, I just want to close, uh, other than having, we want to talk about our ministry just a couple minutes here, but I just wanted to share, I, I've walked through something um, just in the last two months that, uh, when we lived in Minsk, um, all of a sudden one day I had, I didn't know what it was then, but I found out later it was like an esophageal spasm. And I began having this terrible acid and I couldn't deal with it. They had no Pepto-Bismol. There was nothing. But I had God, but it was hard. It was really hard. And one night, I, I just didn't know over there. That was like 20-some years ago. I thought that, uh, I thought I was going to die. And, and I thought, Lord, you brought me here. This, I, you didn't bring me here to die. I'm not going to die. I'm going to stand. And even though I don't know what else to do, I know you. I know that you're my healer. I know who I am in you. And I know that I have destiny yet to fulfill. And one night it was so bad, I got up and we were thinking about wallpapering. And um, I, I got up because I couldn't sleep. And I started to tear the wallpaper. I may have shared this with you another time. But I started to tear the wallpaper off that living room wall. And every time I'd rip it, I'd say, I'm going to live and not die. I'm going to live to declare the word of the Lord. Not that loud because I didn't want to wake people. <laughs> but at that, in my heart, it was like that. And every strip. He got up the next morning and the whole living room was, I'd torn all the wallpaper off. And we had the wallpaper. But that was the beginning of victory. And about two months ago, we'd been up to Duluth to see Chris. And we'd had some... I've, I've dealt with this, and I, again, I want to share this because some of you may be dealing with something. The Lord is saying it's time for us to get rid of the infirmities. It's time for us to get rid of the, any darkness that we're tolerating. We have to move out in the fullness of God 
Because this is a time for us to rise and shine. It's not a time for us to be weak and laid back and all these things. We, we need to pick up and get rid of that darkness. And I know that, like Dan and Claudia fought battles. We, we still have to fight them, but we can do it in power. Well, I had made a tea. Uh, Chris is trained in some herbalism, and I made a tea out of the fronds of juniper leaves, juniper fronds and cedar. And uh, I drank a cup of that, and I don't know if that's what caused it or not, but I had another one of these things happen. And I had to go through this same thing, but this time I said, no, this time I'm going to declare, and I'm older, <laughs> there's more reason to think I might die, <laughs> but I'm not going to die. Because I know I have destiny. I know what God's spoken over my life. I know who I am and know who he is. And I just want to say in the last two months, it's taken me almost two months to get through this. There were days when I simply didn't know what to do other than I just crawled in the arms of my daddy and had Jesus. And it was just Jesus, the comfort of Jesus. It's just Jesus. You know, uh, the kingdom of God isn't meat and drink. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. I came into a new fellowship with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit through it, I thought, if I'm going to go through this test, I'm going to have a testimony. And my testimony is that God is good. God is faithful. And I came to realize again that He is healer. He is who He says He's not what He's going to be. He's not the weight of the way. He's not going to be the healer. He is. It's done. And there were times when I would, I had a bunch of tests done because they want to make sure it's not a heart attack and all that. And it isn't any of those things, some gastritis, but it's under my feet. And I'll admit I'm still dealing with it, but this time I'm going to go all the way through to victory. I'm going to use some, maybe some better sense with some foods and things. There are protocols that you can have for leaky gut. I'm going to do those things because even with Elijah and the widow lady, she had to, she had to take the pans. And, uh, and go get pans, I mean. And then they, had to, they were filled with the oil. And then she got instruction on what to do with that. Well, that's how I'm walking right now with those. I'm going to do those things. And I'm just wanting to encourage us each that we just look and see where God wants to be the victor. Brian, I'd like you to come up. We, we wanted to just share quickly about what's happening with Pavel. And because Brian has seen him last and because Brian is Pavel's very good friend. And the Lord spoke kind of to Roger and I that should the Lord tarry, and we go home before he returns. This is the man who's connected to our brother Pavel and has been with us. Brian's been with us on every place we've ever been, I think. And uh, Pavel treasures this friendship and, uh, and all of your other friendships. He loves those too. But Brian, I want you just to share a little bit what's happening in Pavel's life. We need to give him a mic. While he's getting that, I'll just say that the Bible school in Poland is going through a time, but their graduates are doing amazing things, and there's a move of God among the young adults in Poland, and our grads are, are leading that thing. Amen. Go ahead. Well, um, I don't like to stand up in front of people, but this is important. Um, <laughs> yes. Thank you, Lord. Um, I grew up during the Cold War era, like you know, many people here did. You know, we, we heard stories, uh, especially in the church, of persecution that was going on behind the Iron Curtain and believers who were standing for their faith and what God was doing. And I always had this desire to go and visit Eastern Europe to, to see who we were told and taught to dive under our desks at school to fear, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, and so um, when we started going to church here, soon after that, Pastor Karen came as the, the children's pastor. And 
she had just come back from the mission field a while earlier and wanted to organize a trip to go um, do puppets and minister in orphanages in Belarus. Well, you know, most of us didn't know what Belarus was, let alone where it was located, but here it was between the Soviet Union, or former Soviet Union, and Russia, and, and Poland, and my daughter Ashley was going to go. Well, Ashley was 12, so, you know, Ashley was not going to go by herself, because her dad was not going to let that happen. So, you know, um, I want to thank Pastor Karen for, you know, preparation. We prepared for six months to go on this trip. You know, we kind of got to learn the people, we got to know the, the climate, uh, you know, without even knowing them yet. So, with that background, you know, here we, we come into, you know, we had some problems getting there. It took us an extra two days to get there and ended up in airports we hadn't planned on and our luggage, of course, didn't come with us. It ended up in Warsaw. But when we finally got to, to Belarus, to Minsk, we were greeted by you know, soldiers with semi-automatics, which we weren't used to at that time in our airport, and no lights on in the airport. And we're trying to fill out these immigration forms that are in Russian and kind of in English. And then all of a sudden, we got we finally got clearance to come through. And I walk out, and here's this guy, about this tall, and he's a big grin on his face, and he says, Hello, I am Pavel. And I knew at that time that we would be friends. God has used Pavel in Belarus to you know, teach in Bible school, to minister in orphanages, to put together a church, small group, you know, church that you guys had started, he took over. And you, you have to understand the situation in Belarus is like it was under communism, because they are under communism. They don't have a guaranteed place to meet. You know, the, the core of the church, you know, like us, we talk about relationships. These people walk out relationships. Their small group is their family. Their small group is how they're connected to the church. Their small group is, is what keeps the church going. So, you know, Pavel has held this together, and he's a selfless guy, but he does it with um, just a smile on his face. The humor that he has, his wife, Ira, comes alongside him. I mean, they're truly uh, a couple. They're helpmates for each other, and they're four kids. You know, God couldn't have given them four better kids. I'll get into that a little bit at, at the end. But So anyway, you know, we kind of started corresponding. Of course, Pavel was learning English at the time, and and try as I might, and even with a tutor, my Russian is just still, you know, only in the dangerous level. And uh, because it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and so, you know, I knew that, you know, it was relatively useless for me to try to learn Russian. But, you know, Pavel has tried over these years and has mastered English. And, and I kind of take a little credit for kind of, you know, prompting him and pushing him and, and you know, clarifying some of the statements, but also, you know, teaching him how to say a woodchuck, how much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood, you know, and, and, uh, and, and some other phrases which uh, bring on, bring on some, some laughter. But, you know, um, I, I want to encourage everyone. I'm not a, a professional Christian or a paid Christian, as I say sometimes. I'm, I'm just a computer geek. But, you know, God calls us to pray for our pastors, 
our friends who are missionaries, the people who are serving in the trenches. You know, we don't, you know, I can hide behind my desk and not deal with some of those things, but Pavel's out there. He's there every day, you know, fighting persecution um, and, you know, trying to run a church where you don't know if you're going to be able to meet in the same place the next week, but he does it with grace. For example, when you know Vernon and Pastor John and I were there four years ago for their 20th anniversary, we we met in a different spot every day because they didn't have permission to meet in their local lo, their location. Little Pentecostal churches or or other organizations allowed them to meet for one day, but not for two because they didn't want to draw the authorities' attention. So you know you'd meet and. And Pablo would say, you know, if you're speaking and we give you the sign, you sit down because he had, would have to get up and, and finish speaking because foreigners are not allowed to speak in the church. And then you'd leave and you'd get a slip of paper. You know, the trusted people would get a slip of paper as to where you were going to meet the next day. And we're, we're not used to that. We're, I get a little cranky if, you know, somebody takes my parking spot. <laughs> you know? But... You know, here these people may have to travel for two or three hours on public transportation to get to a meeting. This is important for them. So, you know, Pavel encourages that. He's such, an, he's such a shepherd. You see him work with his people, and with Ernst and Luda. Yeah. And just, you know, those he's discipling and those he's responsible for. It, it's just incredible. So, you know, God impressed on me to, you know, come alongside him, pray for him, call him. You know, I, I, we talk about once a week. You know, most of the time it's on Skype. If it's by phone, it's a lot more expensive. But, you know, it's a small cost to try to be an encouragement to him. And, mm-hmm. and you know what? He's so much more of an encouragement to me because of, of what he's doing. Um, so just a kind of a, a little recap of what has been going on with him um, lately. For a few years, Pablo felt called to leave Belarus and start churches to Russian-speaking people in Eastern Europe. And, you know, God really laid it on his heart. He'd made some exploratory missions and, and preached, and people got saved, and, and, and just really got the confirmation. Well, this last year, they really felt that they, they needed to apply for residency to Poland, and, and make a long story short, they, they're in Poland. They're in the city of Rossiborsch, which those of you who remember the container that we filled with clothes and sent over, it's the same area of Poland. Um, the Pentecostal church there, uh, Pastor Piotr Grisha, has taken Pavel under his wing. I mean, well, well, why wouldn't you? I mean, if you've ever met Paul, Pavel, you know he's just like Pooh Bear. You know, he's just this huggable guy. So uh, they're learning Polish. You know, here they are, the whole family, well, except for Katya, who's still in Minsk. They're learning Polish. The kids are doing, the boys are doing so well in school. And they just have the favor of God on them. But Pavel's got a dream, and and believe it's from God. Next summer, he's going to be moving to a, a city of Roslov, which was the old German city of Roslov. But it's a city of 600,000 people, 100,000 students. And of those 100,000, 15,000 speak Russian. So he's got connections with the church there. In fact, we drove there, we prayed over the city, we prayed over this church, this, this Polish Pentecostal church is going to let them use it. We know that pastor. Oh, you we met him, yeah. Awesome. And, and, you know, God is putting it, uh, putting it all together. But you, you, you go there, and I spent five days in their home. I was never comfortable spending nights in their home when they lived in Minsk because I was afraid of what the authorities might do. So I always stayed in a, 
a hotel or in the, uh, the apartment that they had in town. Um, but this time it was just, you know, well, had I known. We got there and, and uh, we get to his apartment and he says, well, we're on the fifth floor, the top floor, he says, um, and there's no lift. Those of you who've been to Eastern Europe know what lift means, right? There's no elevator. So we, we got to lug the luggage and everything up there. Uh, the first day of hotel looked a lot better, but by the end of the week, I, I, I was okay. I was okay. I wasn't passing out with chest pains or anything like that. But, you know, the, the family is doing so well. The boys are so respectful and studious, and, you know, God's using them. The oldest boy is in the worship team with, with uh, uh, Ira, and, you know, Pavel's heading a small group of, of Russian-speaking people in that church. And so, you know, it's just, it's just an honor and I thank you guys for the work that you started with him because, you know, Pavel is, is one of my best friends. That's awesome. And, you know, when we see each other, like we drove through to minister after, after Poland, we went to, uh, to Uska for the grand opening of the church. Well, we decided to stay uh, a day, uh, an overnight in Pravoslava, Slovakia. You know, unfortunately now with the Schengen, you don't get a passport stamp at every border, but, you know, we may do without that. But, you know, we traveled for hours. And, you know, we're talking and everything. Before you know it, you're there. You know, it's, it's, it's just, you know, the body of Christ in relationship. And, mm-hmm. um, so I want to encourage you. Um, everybody needs to, to find a Pavel in their life mm-hmm. and to support them and, and do what they can to further the gospel. Amen. Thanks. I'll finish. For the first time... The church has just gotten permission to build a building, and it's in a town called Rathamka, which is out on the edge, and they've got the basement in. They're believing God for a building. It'll be there, a prayer mountain. It's the first thing that they've ever had. Now, it's always questionable whether they'll be able to keep it. You know, might get build it up and the government take it, but we don't believe so. And so they're setting out their faith for, for those things as well as their, their mission support. And uh, we're just, you know, we're so blessed to be there, Papa and Mama. That's what they call us there. Uh, his parents are both dead. And uh, we just rejoice over that. Um, so thank you for all the support from River Valley Christian Church over all the years, all the things you've done in Bannon to Pastor Karen. She's, her seed has grown into awesome things. It's just amazing what's happened to some of those that have grown up. I had actually brought a testimony I won't take time to do it, that we got from our gal that's in Toronto that was in her classes and mine and my youth group. And uh, her testimony, she's going to go to Cuba in April. And uh, the testimony that she, she ended up coming to the church because she heard they were giving away free potatoes. But when she got there, she just, and her parents were Communist Party members, and they said that this religion stuff is all made-up stuff by people who are weak. And she said, but when I went to the church, she said, I went every Wednesday and Sunday, and she received the Lord over and over until somebody told her. She only had to do it once. We didn't catch it right away. But she said, I saw the difference in their faces and their attitudes and who they were. And in the end, I mean, her, her parents, her, she has an alcoholic uh, brother that came out of a really bad home situation. And she fled when she was 19 to Canada. And we picked up with her again about four years ago. And she's a uh, part-time. Right now, she's, part, she's a police officer uh, in Toronto, married and they had a car accident, and but God worked through. I mean, their first child was lost in this car accident, and but all that they went through. But Jesus has just walked with her. Her testimony. We're just thankful. So all those years. So thanks, Karen, for all of your input and all all the rest of yours, and Pastor Dan and Claudia especially. Thank you so much. 
So thank you. Um, there's two things. I said before the break that I felt like there was something that needed to finish, and I and I, it, the door is open for that. And so we're gonna. That's what I feel. It has to do with Brian. And when Brian came up and shared, the Holy Spirit. I, what I saw was I saw Roger and Myrna, Dan and Marta, and Pastor Dan and Claudia praying for Brian and Luann. She's already left. She's slippery. She, she was here the last time I asked maybe where she was. We should have done it then. Let me ask you up, maybe. Amen. So, Brian, why don't you come on up? Okay. Uh, here's the deal. I'm not going to have Ashley come up. Okay. And, and here's the reason why. Different path. Different. She knows what I'm talking about. We, we talked. The Lord ministered to her a few days ago. Different path. Stand in the middle of them and have you guys come up and pray for him. Faithful, 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 faithful. Giver, giver. And I believe the Lord wants to really um, bless and bring back unto you great reward, even in all those things that things that He may open now that you've never done before. Even thank you, Jesus. Stable, stability, stability. You have been a stable person. And God wants you to use this gift in you, the stability, to bring it to your ministry. That stability, emotionally, physically, financially, to teach others how faithful you have been how stable you have been through the blood of Jesus, through the mercy of Jesus. I also hear as teaching, as a teacher, teach, 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 teach. And I hear, I know in your mind you say right now, not me, not me. But God says, teach, teach, teach what's in you. That stability, that faithfulness, that truth, that integrity, it's in you, Brian. That faithful, that it's, it's like you you just sticking closer than a brother. Like Jesus, the character of Jesus. It must be demonstrated and it must be taught. Love that comes from Father God and it's poured out among those that you are called to 
it's not just everybody, but it's those that you are called to. And it's, you've proven it time and time again, as I've seen it. You demonstrate love in, in a special way. And you should remember that because it's going to take you through many places and, and meet many friendships in Jesus' name. I confirm with Myrna that faithful and giving and uh, but by shopping <laughs> racks of clothes to give racks of sale items to give and what a blessing that you have been to those people just by those acts of giving I see you, Brian, uh, in front of people, in front of congregations, in front of those, as Pastor Roger has said, that God's called you to. Not just everyone, but those He's called you to, because therein you are received. And you are seasoned, you're a veteran. You don't see yourself that way. But don't let the devil talk you out of the call of God on your... I said, do not allow the devil to talk you out of the call of God on your life to teach. For many need teaching. But you are anointed. You are equipped. And you are filled with my word. So go forth in your faithfulness and give. For my gift within you is giving. What greater thing can you give unto others than my word? Yes, finances. Yes, that's necessary. Yes, you leap with joy when you can give financially but you shall leap even higher when you answer the call and you teach my word to those. You've had many experiences. You've been through the fire. You've been through the water. You've been through the flood. But you've come out the other side. You don't smell like smoke. And even your clothes are dry. Because you've been obedient and willing. Willing and obedient. And because you have been and are and your wife is, you shall eat the best, the very best. And you consequently can give the very best to others. So go for it. Go for it. Because I have anointed you. I have called you. I have equipped you. You are mine. And the thing that I've given unto you is my word. You're bursting with my word. 
And as you speak it, I saw, I, 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 I see as, as I look in your eyes now, I see you teaching and preaching. And the word goes out of your mouth. And it's like, it's like, it's like fire. And it's like water. So be willing and obedient and go forth and follow the call. I have called you as much as any of the others in this room. I said, I have called you as much as any of the others surrounding you. So walk forth from here in that call. And you will see much fruit. Hallelujah. It may seem like a new thing, but it's already in you. It just needs to be sorted out a little bit. There's still some preparation time, but everything you need is already there. And go forth with it. All these words that have been spoken over you, I, I just agree with it, and I do see you teaching. And it's, it's a step up. It's a new direction, but it's, it's something that uh, you are well equipped to do, in Jesus' name. And don't worry about your wife. She's with you. Amen. Family is with you. they backing you up. The thing you have feared the most has come upon you. <laughs> Every time you've ever messed with me and said, well, at least I'm not a professional Christian. First <laughs> 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 Timothy 3, 2 says, Therefore an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, and able to teach. Now, there are different stages, and you know that. There's the stage where you actually get sent and established and done. There's also a setting apart. Right now is a setting of setting apart. This is a setting apart. Now there is. There's something. You're, I, I totally agree with Dan. I agree with the Spirit of God who spoke, just spoke through Dan. There's some things that need to get sorted out. But it doesn't. It doesn't diminish the plan and purpose that God has for your life for the days ahead. Hallelujah. Let's pray for one more. Everybody put your hands up. Father, we just do set apart Brian and Luann right now. We set them apart for, for your purposes, your plans. Every anointing, every gifting, every every bit of authority and power that they need, we release and give to Him. Thank you, Lord God. You prepare Him now. That time of preparation will be fulfilled, will be complete, will be 100%. It will be time. It's time to, to prepare, show Him how to walk through it. Give Him the strength to walk through it. Give Him the wisdom to walk through it. And the ability. Thank you for Brian and Luann. Thank you for the gifts that they are to the body of Christ. 
We give you glory and honor for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. One last thing, and then we're going to take another break. It's always good to listen. It's always good to be tuned in with what the Spirit is saying and doing. Because not always what you see and what you think is happening is what's happening. That's why... That's why you need to listen. That's why we need to listen. That's why I need to listen. And that's why it's important that people are led by God to say and do exactly what He tells them to say and do. Now I just listened to Roger and Myrna share a story about how they moved from one house to another. Yeah, You can sit there and think, and I can sit there and think, Okay? And the Holy Spirit, the whole time you're speaking, spoke to me. And I wrote down a number of things that you said because what they did obediently by the Spirit of God is going to answer your questions. Because the beginning of the week, Dan and Marta came here for the whole week. Now, Dan, Pastor Dan and Claudia left Florida. God bless them. Dan and Marta left Florida, came up to the tundra. It's getting colder by the minute. Pray, we're praying for them. We're praying for them. But the reason they came was to, was to seek God. To be in the presence of the Lord, to listen to His voice and and we all need to do that. That's what we should all be doing. Every time we get together is, okay, God, what are you doing? What are you saying? And the Lord been, has some things on my heart during the day, because they have a lot of questions. There's some things that God's leading them back into. You know, they've already moved to Mongolia, sold everything and moved to Mongolia, and then moved back, and then moved to Hungary, and then moved back, and then moved to here, and then moved out, and then, and now, are praying about what's next. What Roger and Myrna shared was a practical story of the steps that it takes to move forward. And that practical story, what the, the answers, the things that you guys are going to know, need to know, is that this, the next steps ahead of you are practical. They're practical. Here's the first step. Get your house in order. Now, usually when you hear that, you think somebody's going to die. It's not what it is. No. Get your house in order. Fix the leaks. 
paint the shutters, take care of the practical things that it's going to take to take the next step. And God will show you what that is. I'm not talking about a house, I'm just talking about life. Get your house in order. The timing of when it's going to happen will be when the house is done. When your house is in order, when everything's done the way it, the way it is, the way it's supposed to be done, that's when the next phase will start. There may be some things in your life you need to jettison. That you need to put down that even things that, that you really love and have always loved. You're going to have to let go of them. And your dark time of health needs to be over. The things you struggle with, things that nobody you don't tell anybody about. But I know about them in the natural, but that needs to be done. Now, I wish I could say it is done right this moment. And I, I struggled with the Holy Spirit because I say, let's pray for him right now. Let's, I don't know how. I, I, all I can tell you is that it needs to be done. Before you go, health is not a question. Healed, totally. There will be a total healing. All when, that, that, that the house being in order, part of, a, a big part of that is your health. No more heart stuff. No more blood pressure stuff. And the one that excited me the most. As you go through this process, process, your family is going to benefit. And I mean benefit. It's going to benefit. Your family is going to benefit from this, the weeks and the weeks, months, and weeks and months. I can't say years, it's weeks and months. But in this process, your family is going to benefit. All the loose ends are going to get tied up. All the loose ends in the family are going to be where you can go and not have to worry about it. Where you're not going to, when you go, you're not going to have to worry about are they going to be okay, and are they going to be okay, and are they going to be okay? They're going to be okay. Back in line. Father, I just lift up this process. And Lord, we seal it in your, your anointing. Thank you, Lord, all these things fall into place. That's, our, that's what we can do right now. We agree in the name of Jesus that this process be efficient. That this process be quick. That this process be complete once and for all. Thank you, Lord, for this process. Getting the house in order, getting all these things in order. And it'll be full of ease. It'll be full of ease. Thank you, Lord, it'll be full of ease. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I just had to share that.